This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is week 11 of the hockey hiatus due to coronavirus, but thankfully, it seems like we finally have a possible format going forward for the 2019-20 NHL playoffs. I think it's fair to say now that the NHL will return. It's not an if, it's just a when now will the NHL return, and we have a possible idea on how they will return. So that is something that we will talk about today, as well as another segment of what numbers will be in the rafters of PPG Paints Arena by the year 2030. But like I said, welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. My name is Nick Berlansky. I'm joined as always by Nick Horwat. And I guess before we get started, one thing that we really haven't done at all is plug our merch. We have a merch site for everybody that doesn't know of this already. It is tipoftheiceberg.whatforapparel.com. We have a lot of good items on there, including some coffee mugs, Mm -hmm. t-shirts, sweatshirts. So go on there and get your Tip of the Iceberg merch. How are you, Horwat? Doing well. I'm cranking a... uh monster rehab a nice little monster energy drink i'm just waking up from a nap i should have put it in my mug i didn't think of that but (laughs) no the logos it's a sweet design i mean recently in the podcast slack chat it was not voted but it was mentioned among one of the top ones that you could be used for a beer league logo i don't know about you but we should be taking pride in that and yeah i'm definitely pretty proud of that yeah and also we have we do have hockey news finally, big hockey news that quite literally came out of nowhere. Because just last episode, I don't think we were really making any movements. There was supposed to be some update on something, and it turned out to be a bunch of word soup with, uh, we're discussing things. While now it's, hey, we have been discussing everything all at once. Here it is. Here's how it's happening. Here's what could happen. Here are all the teams involved. Here's what we're doing. And by the way, we are also recording this as they're still deliberating and maybe voting on tonight. It's 5.06 p.m. right now, so we'll see what happens. Like you mentioned before, we'll try and keep it as up-to-date as possible. Yeah, I have my notifications on for both Pierre Lebrun and Elliot Friedman, so we'll keep an eye on that while recording this. It is a little predated because we're doing this on Friday this week, a little earlier than we usually do it, but as you mentioned, the NHL really pushed forward with that supposed 24-team format, we got a lot more news as to how that would work. First thing that came out this week is that Gary Bettman stated that he was looking into two host cities instead of the four that everybody thought he was looking for. This way, each host city would house each conference. One Eastern Conference and one Western Conference host cities. 12 teams each, of course. And that would really cut down on the travel, which is a good idea, especially for the NHL, that's really going to have an issue trying to get all these players into one city to begin with. Because you have players coming from Sweden, you have players coming from Russia, all over the planet, trying to get back into the country and trying to get back into their home cities to get an NHL training camp in before all going to their specific host city and going on with the NHL playoffs. Now, as far as the playoffs as a whole, we said 24 teams. The top eight teams, top four from each conference would get a quote-unquote bye, and then the remaining 16 would be forced to play in what is called a play-in round. For everybody out there that is complaining that, oh, the Penguins were the fifth seed in the East and they're not even in the playoffs, they have to play for their right to be in the playoffs, this play-in round is a playoff series. It is the playoffs because it is a weird situation, but it counts as the playoffs. Yeah, so the way I'm looking at it is this every team that is involved in these 24 teams is a, is in the playoffs. This is all playoffs to me. That's like the it's the way I look at the 163rd game of a baseball season. It's the way that you know, I look at you know that type of thing. Like I'm looking at it as this is all these are all playoff teams. These are all going to be playoff rounds, playoff games, postseason games because it's going to be a different um situation game-wise. One thing I want to just touch back on whenever you said how there's two host cities i know we mentioned before that 
they would be cities that aren't hosted by the same division or conference. So does that mean is like is that one still effect? Like would all these See, teams go to know, the west? I know Edmonton was one of the cities that has been floated out there as a high possibility because it was hit the least. So Edmonton might be a possibility, but you don't want to ship every NHL team the whole way to Edmonton. Yeah. And when you could just have the Western Conference held out there. So I don't yeah, know I how mean, that particularly is all going to work right now. There's also still teams that from each conference that are not in this, but I don't think you want to stick your Western Conference teams in California. I mean, you could, but that's... California that, got hit really hard yeah. by the coronavirus. I don't think any of those cities are in consideration, especially LA and Anaheim yeah. because of how dense that population is. There's no chance that it's going to be played there. And I don't think there's any chance that Ottawa, New Jersey of all teams, Detroit, and who was the other Eastern conference team and Buffalo. I don't think those cities are really hockey hubs that could house teams like this. So We'll have to keep an eye on that. That has kind of taken a back burner this week to the actual format. Now, it's a 24-team format. We've talked about it before. So are we both okay with having the 24 teams in this tournament? I believe so. I'm going to be cool. that I've eased up on it considering it seems that this is the move they're going to be making. I know at first I was probably a little taken aback, but at the same time I was just saying or just thinking of the mindset of, Whatever they come up with, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with, because it's it's not my decision to make, and I'm not gonna set my standards too high for it to be like, hey, we're getting nothing, you know. So I'm okay with whatever they roll out. I know now, like now that I'm looking at it and I'm seeing that if they're gonna handle it safely and it's gonna be a very fun system, whether or not it's weird, uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward and. The only issue I think will be, are these hockey players, and this is like the only thing that might cause uproar with non-sports things, is are these hockey players now considered, quote-unquote, above the law because the border is still closed between Canada and America? As you mentioned, us getting our international players back, you still got to get the Canadian guys that are in Canada to come back down. Some have to go the other way. So who knows how that's all going to work out but as for the 24 teams i mean it'll be fun it'll be interesting and do we know the lengths of these series that they're supposed to be yeah the play-in series is supposed to be a best of five and then from there on out it'll be a traditional playoff 16 teams best of seven in each series as far as the 24 teams is concerned i think the fairest way to do it based on what the standings were at the end of the quote-unquote regular season would have been the 20. The fairest way would have been the 20, but here's the thing. The NHL was not going to do that because of how much money they lost, and I've mentioned it again, time and time again. The NHL needed those last four teams because yeah. those four teams included Chicago, the Rangers, and Montreal. Three original six teams. So this year, now, with the 2014 playoff, you're going to have five of the six original six teams and their markets in this playoff. So that's going to be big for television, and it's going to be huge for the NHL trying to make some of that money back. You you talk about Chicago and New York and Montreal. Those guys and those markets all watch a lot of hockey. I don't know about Montreal because it might count as Canadian. Television is not American, so... But still, you have Chicago and New York. So the 2014 format, it's what they were going to do. There's no sense arguing about it. Now, the top teams, being the top four in each conference, are going to have a round robin in this. And the problem that a lot of people had before this came out is the top teams didn't want to take a bye and sit on the sidelines. And their first action being against teams that had just played in a best-of-five series and got that chance to warm up a little bit. So this allows the top teams in each conference to get some game action that has some stakes because, as I mentioned to you before the show, those teams can move around. That's why in yeah. this playoff bracket that came out, it says one seed, two seed, three seed, four seed, and then has the teams on the right. These teams can still bounce around a little bit. As far as I am told, it is not a straight up, the best team in the round robin gets the one seed. It does have some weight of the regular season, meaning the regular season did have some importance to this. So we will see how that all rolls out. And like I said, this is very early in the process. There might be more answers before this even airs. But as of right now, we don't know all the 
stakes and all of the ways that this is going to work. But as of right now, we do know the top teams will be in a round robin and play the other three top teams in their conference. So that's how they're going to do it in the first. And then, of course, we mentioned the play-in series, which is the big thing here. It is best of five for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are the top team in the East that will be playing in the play-in series, being the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. They will play the last team in in the East, which is the Montreal Canadiens. And we mentioned it a little bit a couple weeks ago. What do you think about that possible play-in series against the Montreal Canadiens from a very, just first looking at it, what are your thoughts? Well, you're the one that pulled up their stats. I know on paper, I don't think the Canadians are all that scary. I'm going to be back on that grind of, I'm not scared of this team. (laughs) But the Canadians are a team that, they'd be interesting. You never know what they could be like come postseason. They're a much different team from, oh, I can't even remember the last time they made the playoffs. Was it 16? I do not remember the last time the the Montreal Canadiens made the playoffs, but I think it was 2016. 16 or 17. At some point around then. I know they were in the year, one of the years we won won back-to-back. So 16 or 17, who knows what kind of team they could be like in the postseason come this weird situation that we have coming up because you get a hot carry price and it's ball game. I don't think he – I think he's probably the main factor in all of this for for that team. He's the main one they have to look to. I mean, yeah, they have a young group of guys that could take games over that might still be able to do something, but it's all going to be about Carey Price for winning for them. A lot of people this past couple of days have said that the reason that the initial play-in series went from best of three to best of five is because the Penguins vetoed it because they didn't want to face Carey Price because they were quote-unquote scared of Carey Price. I don't believe that. I don't really care all that much about Carey Price. He does not scare me in the least. He is a concern because, yes, he can steal a game in a series easily. He might be able to steal a couple games, but it's best of five. So if Carey Price steals a best of five series, because I look at their entire lineup, and yes, they have some good players, Jonathan Drouin, Brendan Gallagher really rises to the occasion a lot, Max Domi has been really good, but at the same time, Their defense isn't up to snuff. Their forward lineup is good, but they're going to have to be better than good to win a series in the playoffs, especially when I look at the Penguins roster and I look at the only time that the Habs beat the Penguins. I was in the building. It was a 4-1 win for the Canadians in early December. Sidney Crosby was out, and the Penguins had yet to get Jason Zucker. They were also missing Brian Dublin. So, Mm. to me... The Montreal Canadiens don't scare me, and it might be ignorant of me to say, but Carey Price doesn't scare me either. There's a reason that this team is 15 points behind where the Pittsburgh Penguins were at the halt of play. And a lot of people are saying, well, they don't deserve, they were so far back, they didn't deserve a playoff spot. I don't care. This is the coronavirus COVID-19 <laughs> season. Shit's going to get weird. Yeah. So the Habs in the playoffs, that's fine. It's what's going to happen, and it's what the NHL needs, to be completely honest. But... I'm not scared of them in the least in that play on play in series. I think it could be a good series. I think Carey Price very well could steal a game or two. But if you lose the series because of just Carey Price, let's be fair. The Pittsburgh Penguins, if they did that, they weren't going to be the Stanley Cup champions either way. Yeah. And you, know, you mentioned names that are on the Canadians roster that, like, like I said, could steal games as well. And Carey Price could back them up. But, I mean, it's... Carey Price has been an enigma. He's the highest paid goalie, right? Or is it second now? Carey Price is he I mean he's still making about he's still 10 making. million. I don't know if he makes more than Bobrovsky or not. He was at one point the highest paid goalie in the league and yes, maybe for a good reason, it depends on how you look at it. All I know is that he is a great goalie. Yes, has he proven himself to be a winning goalie in the Olympics? Yes. But that's really it. I mean, his playoff success hasn't always been there, but we know that he can win. He can steal games. We'll just have to see where all that you know, lands, and we know that's part of it. There was another thing you said that I forgot what it was. Oh, I remember. You were mentioning injuries. Do we know what our IR will look like? Is Gensel healthy? What's the story on Aston Reese and whoever else was hurt? 
from what I've gleaned upon during this entire thing, I feel like Jake Gensel will be healthy by the start of whatever, whenever game one is against the, the Habs, if this is to, this is to happen, it'll be game one against the Habs. I feel like from what I've seen, Jake Gensel will be ready to go. Zach Aston Reese, I believe is going to be in the same boat. I think the only person that we will still be missing is Dom Simone from his shoulder surgery that we well, talked yeah. about last week. So yeah. it, it looks like the Penguins are going to be almost completely healthy going into this. And so will the Habs. Yeah retrospect the Habs will as well but again there's a reason that the Pens are a five seed and the Habs are a 12 seed stranger things have happened but I don't think it happens this year I think the Penguins can actually handle the Montreal Canadiens yeah probably three or four games seems like a good deal it's gonna be I mean I think looking at it I would say a best of five series is a bit much especially for this situation but I mean if that's what we're getting and it's a best of three series going up against Carey Price. I mean, I think he's a goal you can learn about pretty easily. I know he's he can be a brick wall at times, but I mean, like I will say, I said eighty times before, I'll probably say eighty times again when this happens. Um, he's gonna be their he's gonna be their guy. He's gonna be the turning point for them. All the Penguins have to do is beat him. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see when and if that is the case. But other than that, what other matchups did did you see in that? graphic that went around twitter what other matchups did you see in the play-in series that really caught your eye because there were a couple that i looked at and i was like yeah i'll definitely be tuning into those ones all right so my first one is going to be a complete out of left field one but the islanders and the panthers i get the panthers have been pretty subpar this year and bobrovsky has been very subpar this year you don't think there'll be a little fire under Bobrovsky's ass, though, going into this? Some time off, a defensive-minded New York Islanders, and his owner or GM, one of the two, saying they need to cut, the team needs to cut payroll by exactly his salary? Yeah, that's, I mean, we talk about Carey Price being able to possibly steal a series, but Sergei Bobrovsky has that capability, too, yeah. and he's facing a lesser of an offensive juggernaut in the New York Islanders. So that would that is going to be an interesting series. It's not one that I personally circled, but, yeah, but it I, will be interesting to watch. But I took a second look at it and thought about it, and I was like, you never know with Bobrovsky. We know he can be a great goalie, but at the same time, we know he's a sieve on off, on most occasions. What's, your, what's yeah. one of yours, and I'll come up with another one? The one that I immediately had my eyes drawn to was the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers. Now, I'm going to show my age a little bit here, because I'm going to say that I don't hate the New York Rangers all that much, which mm -hmm. means I clearly didn't grow up in the early 90s. But I don't. I like Artemi Panarin personally, so I, I want to see him perform in a high-stakes environment because we've seen what that looks like. And it's pretty impressive, to be completely honest. When he was playing with the Columbus Blue Jackets, he always elevated his game to the next level. Now he wasn't on that great of a team, but now you look at the Rangers, and they have a chance, if they play well, to be a really good team and them playing the Carolina Hurricanes, I think is just such a good matchup and it's going to be so entertaining of all these series. I think that is the most likely to go five games and I think it's going to be really, really fun to watch. It is the one that immediately I looked at it and I saw it and I said, you know what? Other than watching the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm going to have to tune in to the Rangers and the Hurricanes games because they're going to be great. I mean, you said you aged yourself. I mean, there was a time in our young childhood that the Rangers were not liked again. It was during those Yager years when like 07, 08, 09, whenever we would face them in the playoffs or see them in the regular season, and there'd be some damn battles between us two. Yeah, but it really wasn't all that heated. I mean, I remember back to the 2008 series between the Penguins and the Rangers. Marion Hosa ended it in what, I think it was game five or it was game six. Either way, I just remember that it wasn't much of a series and there wasn't really much bad blood. And, and you did mention that there was some in the 2000s. There was some in the mid-2010s as well. But I just don't think it ever got to that level of the early 90s. And, right. and especially with how much different this team is now. Listen, if Henrik Lundqvist was still the starting goaltender, I would still probably despise them. But Henrik Lundqvist right now is the third string goaltender dangling on by a thread in Broadway. So... I don't have that much ill will against the New York Rangers right now. Of course, it's more placed in the Flyers. It's more placed in the Bruins. It's more placed in the Capitals. It's more placed in the Islanders as of right now, I mean, to be completely honest. Yeah. So 
Rangers Hurricanes is definitely going to be one I'm going to be looking forward to. Do you, do you have another one that, that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I got another one. And it's going to sound weird coming from me of all people because I am not a fan of either of these teams. But the uh, Oilers and the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. because it's we've all everyone's been dying to see postseason McDavid. Well, now you're going to be able to get it, probably. Um, not like we weren't going to get it in the first place. They were basically a playoff team that I felt may have had the possibility of falling out, but I, it probably wasn't going to happen. And the Blackhawks, who, oh, hey, you guys, you're in. Welcome. 12th seed. Go face McDavid. It's it, And it's I don't think it would be a slaughter. I th- it's not going to be a slaughter. Yeah. It's because the Blackhawks, again, like, yeah, they're aging, and yeah, they're kind of four names, and then some fillers and one of those four names is not even Jonathan Taves anymore <laughs> it's it, that team the way I see the Blackhawks is Alex DeBrinkett, Patrick Kane Brent or not Brent Seabrook Duncan Keith kind of still and I am blanking on a fourth forward or a third forward uh Dominic Kubalik had a really good rookie season a lot of people have been yeah. talking about him but also you can't discount the fact that this season, in only 40 games, so it was only half of the games, Corey Crawford posted a 917 save percentage and a 277 goals allowed average. So you talk about a team that is battle-tested when it comes to playoff hockey, that's the Chicago Blackhawks. Now they're in that position where it's, hey, go out there, win a series, and then go from there. The Chicago Blackhawks could do that. Yeah, it's... Very much... Especially against a team like the Oilers, who are McDavid, Drysdale. Yes, scary. Not going to say it's not. I'm not going to say they're not two of the best players in the league. But I look at the rest of that team, and I see Nugent Hopkins, and I'm, okay, good player. Oh, but then it seems, it's whenever I say it's filler, I think the Oilers are way less, are way closer to being nothing back there. I mean, you also have to add James Neal's on that team. You have to add, they just picked up, Andreas Athanasiu, who looked really good playing with Connor McDavid. You got so, the yeah, I mean, you got the roller coaster ride of James Neal. Athanasiu is an addition that I forgot even happened. So thank you for the reminder. But then you drop to their defense, and it's barren. <laughs> it's bare. Um, Ethan Bear, who's I guess okay. I don't know. I haven't seen much. He's still young. I mean, yeah. he's he's gonna be a good NHLer, but as of right now, he hasn't really filled into it yet. Right. I mean, you have Darnell Nurse and Oscar Clefbaum. That's what I was getting at. Who, both of which I think are just overrated. But Ooh. this is this is coming from my harsh criticisms. Who I also say uh, William Carlson, Eric Carlson, sorry, is overrated. I mean, that doesn't that just get proven time and time again to be true? And then they have yeah. absolutely nothing in net. I'll say it. They don't. <laughs> Mike Smith can absolutely steal a series, and probably is more likely to steal a series than anyone in this playoff. <laughs> but. Yeah. It, it's better than it's it's a step up from Cam Talbot, and I'm assuming they would go with Smith over Koskinen, right? Yeah, those guys split time. I would think Mike Smith because he's been in that position before, similar to what we talk about with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because Mike Smith has been in that position before, I think they would go with him, especially after this long layoff yeah. and heading into something this unprecedented. Smith has the the NHL experience, so I think they'd end up going with him. But it's funny that you mentioned Cam Talbot because the matchup that I wanted to bring up, because I did have the Oilers and and Blackhawks circled as well, but the third one and final one I had circled was the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg has so much offensive firepower, and yes, they have a very, very bad defense. Neil Pionk and his band of merry men. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But they also have a Vezina-caliber goaltender back there in Connor Hellebuck. They kind of balance themselves out in their lineup. And then there's the Flames, who are just an enigma in themselves. Are they good? Are they bad? Was it the coach? Was it the team? Who knows? We're going to get to see it against a team that is bad defensively. So if the Flames show up offensively, it's going to be up to Connor Hellebuck. If the Flames don't show up offensively, it's going to be up to the Calgary defense. So it's going to be a really good matchup and it's going to be, we're going to have to tune in to see which team shows up on either side because both teams are so different. And then they also can play very different games on any given night. So it's going to be interesting to see how volatile that series is going to be and how different it's going to be. So that's another one that I circled. I think, first of all, I just want to see hockey overall. I think that's what we all want. Second of all, I'm very excited to watch this. I, if this is what happens, indeed, 
I'm excited to watch this happen. It'll be quite fun for sure. I mean, my biggest question mark though is out of all this is just series wise. I'm thinking what the hell kind of series is Vancouver and Minnesota going to put on? Who knows? Minnesota was pushing hard at the end of the season. They were in a playoff spot every other day. But we, I was very surprised, and I was looking at Billy G, and I was like, wow. But we all know the history of Minnesota, and just... But then there's Vancouver, yeah. unproven and young, and also kind of struggled at points. Yeah, but then also big part for Vancouver is their goaltending. Yeah, but then also hid their struggles with, hey, we have 80 jerseys this year, go buy them all, because they're all sweet. Like... <laughs> That's one thing I expect from Vancouver. They should wear a different jersey here every damn game. <laughs> yeah, you have your normal homes and aways. Then I think game three, go stick and rink. Game four, go the, the skate blade jersey. I don't know. Game, it's going to be interesting. Game five, you got to go with the V, the big V, the yellow one. <laughs> well, hopefully this all gets figured out in the next week. We get dates hopefully soon, somewhere here in the next month. We can hopefully move to phase two, which Gary Bettman has been praising and talking about all the time, where the NHL players get to go back to practice, which would be great. But we're going to move on from this topic. We're going to take a quick break. Mm -hmm. But when we return, we're going to be taking a look into the future and attempt to predict whose numbers are going to be in the rafters at PPG Paints Arena exactly a decade from now. This episode of The Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut-free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, episode 60, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And as you heard a couple seconds ago, also brought to you by Manscaped. So go check out Manscaped and use our code THPN for 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. I know I've been enjoying it ever since we got that. Mm -hmm. But we're going to move on to number retirement. We did mention it a little bit in passing because we were talking about one guy that I think it's pretty obvious that we can both agree in a decade, then again, maybe he'll still be playing, but in a decade, Yarmir Yager's jersey <laughs> should be in the rafters. Oh, uh, it, it should be within a decade. It should be. We, <laughs> we know this, <laughs> we know he's old. We know he wants to keep playing, but by then it's, he should be retired. It's people have gone on record and saying he will be retired by then because I mean, Bork, the man's 48 years old. That too, and Borky went over, had that talk with him, and said, hey, you know, would you would you do it? Because it's something that Pittsburgh has kind of been dying for, I think. I mean, yeah, there was the years and years of us booing him, uneducatedly booing him, I must say. <laughs> but, that, I mean, yeah, okay, he screwed us over when he went to the Flyers, whatever, who cares? He basically went on his retirement tour eight years over with eight, with eight different teams. But you get, then you dig into it and you realize he meant so much to the city when he was here. I think come around our 50th anniversary year for the team, we all kind of started letting up on him. You know, we started giving him ovations whenever he came in with the Panthers. He was doing the interviews for Pittsburgh is home. We know he, he we know what he means to the city and what the city means to him. I mean, it started his hockey career or his professional career, and it just hasn't ended. And you know, we've said, you know, people have gone to record saying, you know, a year after he's decided to hang him up, if that ever happens, we'll 
get them over, we'll get in touch, and we'll do it. So I think that's the set-in-stone one almost. Yeah, it's pretty fair to say that the next jersey to be retired will probably be Yarmir Yagers. We mentioned he's 48 years old, and yes, Gordie Howe did play into his 50s, but that was his early 50s. That was also a time when he didn't, I mean, he got hit a lot more, I would think. But Gordie Howe was a brick shit house. Yeah. Not saying Yager isn't. Yager, the pictures of Yager right now, he is massive. And there's also the fact that he owns the team that he plays for. But playing at the age of 58 in any professional league, that's a bit ridiculous. So yeah. I don't think in 2030, Yarmir Yager will be playing anymore. So I think he's a lock. He's going to be in the rafters probably by, I think, midway through this decade, to be completely honest. That's, that's my vision is by 2025 he'll probably have his number in the rafters it's got to be by then yeah i got moving one. on to some more difficult questions sorry i didn't mean to, quick, just to random one because i just it popped into my head i feel very weird that lemieux's retired jersey is the triangle one and this is just me being nitpicky it's like the tri like you know what i mean by the triangle i don't know how to describe it yeah the pittsburgh gold technically yeah. or the vegas gold sorry technically and the black and like that triangle shape we had on our uniforms what's yager's gonna be are we gonna give him that that gradient we're gonna give him that little strip of the gray and that turns into like the, the almost white and then the stripes on it or are we like because he never played in i mean he did play in that golden triangle one but i think his should be we should give him the honor of getting that gradient right <laughs> that was not really listen i love that jersey but i would probably have to go with the penguins pigeon one the white one because I feel like that is one of the that's more encompassing. Of Mario's first retirement jersey. Yes. Okay. Go back to the first retirement jersey. I, I like that. While we're at it, can we change Mario's? <laughs> if we're doing that, can we? I don't know why. I just I don't. It's great that his number's retired. I kind of I just don't like the triangle. That's just me. Hey, that's fine. I don't totally hate it, but it's something. Yeah. Me nitpicking yeah. here. We can move on and talk about other things now. <laughs> so. When you think about players getting their names put in the rafters, the Penguins have had a lot of Hall of Fame players play for them, and a lot of them sometimes only came in for a short stop. But these four players since 2005 have really been synonymous with Pittsburgh, even though one doesn't play here anymore. So let's start off with the one that I think is pretty obvious. He's, his name's going to be in the rafters at some point, but that's Sidney Crosby. Duh. <laughs> I believe that he won't still be playing. I had to think about this. It really did because he's 32 years old. In a decade, he'll be... 42 years old and do i think he'll still be playing no i don't i don't i don't think especially with the injuries that he yeah. has faced and the the fact that he's getting older and the stuff that he's put his body through just because he can adapt doesn't mean he will to play another 10 years he's already played 15 in, in the league 25 in the league for somebody that's had those kind of injury issues is just not going to happen so yes i think crosby will be done by 2030 and i think his number will be retired yeah i mean i'd say i would assume crosby gets his number retired the the day after he retires i don't know why uh, i just that's just my yeah, hunch i think his banner i think he'll retire at the end of a season and then the opening ceremony of the next season will yeah be his number exactly it'll be like the next day and i'm sure the team will also be wanting to hang a stanley cup banner that same year which could you imagine that <laughs> yeah those would be two pretty cool scenes to are see we, just are, crosby's number and the cup banner going up at, at the same, the same time, time. <laughs> next to each other let's let that happen <laughs> holy shit this is what time off does to us we start thinking of wild things like this random circumstances that we we hope happen and better happen oh, man i mean that'd be incredible imagine malkin retires the same year we have all three of them i mean you mentioned malkin <laughs> do you what do you think 2030 is evgeny malkin's number in the rafters maybe i mean He's 33 in 10 years. He'll be 43. I mean, unless he puts himself through hell like Yager is, I'm assuming he'll be retired too. And I'm not assuming he'll be immediately enshrined in Penguin history. I don't know why I have this hunch that it won't be like the very next regular season home game that's played. But I think it's for sure going to happen. I mean, you win three cups in this damn town. It's, it's just how it goes, right? I mean, I say yeah, that's... Especially I'm, when you... I say it's how it goes, but then the question of the next two are going to get iffy. Yeah. Well, especially whenever Evgeny Malkin won the Conn Smythe in 2009. And the fact that he should be an NHL top 100 player, but he isn't. So, one of only that. 
one of only four Penguins to win the scoring title. Yeah. Between three people who we said will definitely be there. But I don't think his number will be up there in 2030. Ooh. I don't. Because. Think he'll still be playing? He's still going to be playing in Ooh. Russia. Oh, in he'll Russia. Be okay. In the KHL. Yeah. Okay. If a KHL team will give him money, I'm sure he would do that. Exactly. At the end of his career, and we know how much Russia means and his homeland means to Evgeny Malkin. Once he closes the book on his NHL career, which is going to be whenever he he damn well pleases. I mean, look at him this season. He is still one of the most dominant players in the league when he wants to be. So I don't see an issue with him playing 10 more years in total. I 10 more years in the NHL, yes, I see an issue with that. But after his NHL career, I see him going to Russia and I think he's still playing by 2030, probably winding his career down by the time he's 44, 45. Yeah. And like tw- by 2035, yes, his number will be retired. Evgeny Malkin's number will be in the rafters eventually, but by 2030, I say no. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a weird one. It'll just depend on what he does long-term career-wise. If I'm not mistaken, I might be totally wrong with this. Does he part own a KHL team? I'm not actually 100% sure that. I don't think he is because I don't think you're allowed to be as an nhl player okay. for some reason i don't know um, I but just, i'll look that up real quick if you want to talk about it a little bit yeah i'll just talk i just for just some reason had this seat in my head like oh he part owns his home team which is magnetogorst which if i could be they might not even have a team for all we know i may have just spoken out of my ass which wouldn't be the first time but that being said i for sure think malkin's number will get retired as by 2030 I'm going to go with you on it. I think he might still be playing at 43, whether it's whether it's you know small-term NHL stuff or KHL money because KHL loves having the old retired guys. I mean, Pavel Datsuk is still playing over there. And, yeah, no, he'll get his number retired eventually by Detroit, I would assume. But as for Malkin here, I'd say yes, just not. It's going to happen for sure, just not by our 10 years from now you know, timetable that we're giving it. So we both say yes, but not in 10 years. Yeah, he's still going to be playing in some capacity. Yeah. Now it gets hairy. We have two more guys that I want to talk about, at least. It gets a little hairy here. Let's start with somebody who has the best hair. It's Chris Letang. Do you think he's still going to be playing, first of all? No. I think I just don't see Letang. We think Crosby's had injury issues. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he has. Latang has had some injury issues and play And issues. health issues. Yeah, exactly. Ten years, I don't see it. Plus, he's got a family. I mean, you got a cute kid you want to be around to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but 33 now, so you, you're pushing 43. I hope he retired by 43. As for a number of retirement, this one won't come immediately. If they do it, it won't be immediately. Just because it's one that there will be debate over. It would be cool to see because he has taken the reins from Paul Coffey and set the standard for Penguin defensemen. It's such a weird one. I would like to see it personally because it's such a because I'm cool with the idea of these certain people being retired. But I'm not saying retire everyone. Like I'm not saying call up Paul Coffey. He should go up because he shouldn't. I'm not saying get Kevin Stevens up there, but like something like a little extra more than just two you know like no like honor our history like we've had so many great names over the years that yeah penguins hall of fame is cool give these give the guys that really really did something some sort of notice you know i understand that and i understand where you're coming from that and the penguins do have a very rich history we mentioned it earlier that we have had so many hockey hall of famers play for the pittsburgh penguins some of them just in passing like a brian trottier who wasn't really his Hall of Fame self when he played for the Penguins, but he tacked on two of his six. Right. Right? Yeah. But to me, by the year 2030, Chris Letang won't have his number retired because of the same reason you said. It's going to be debated anyway. Will it happen eventually? I don't know if I'm ready to say that because I'm of the mind that, listen, if Ron Francis... Ah, if Ron Francis' too. number is not retired by the Pittsburgh Penguins, I don't know if somebody like Chris Letang deserves to have his number retired. Now, of course, potato, potato, you have a forward that was a point scorer and a power forward versus a finesse offensive defenseman that also shuts down and plays 30 minutes a game in two completely different eras. But I don't know if I'm ready to give it to Chris Letang. I have to see the ending of his career yeah. really to, to get all of the information. And even then, it's going to be 
having to weigh the options. You're going to have to weigh, well, he's done this and this and this, but he also did this and this and this. And is it enough to retire his number? Because you mentioned the Penguins Hall of Fame. Yes, Chris Letang is a Pittsburgh Penguins Hall of Famer, 100%. But retiring a number is so much more than that. So I just don't know if I'm, I'm not ready yet. And I don't think by 2030, it will be, it will be in the rafters. But after that, I'm not sure. I know I said, let's retire a couple more numbers, but I've also been on record as saying, why do so many teams have so many retired numbers? You only have a hundred to pick from, but I think when it's as low as, let's say we'd end up with six at the end of this conversation, if we say yes to all of them. You know, I don't think six is that bad. I'd say like seven or eight might be your max you want to go to, but... I think we'd be at seven. Are you forgetting about Michelle Briere? How many are we talking about today? I just thought four. We have uh, five. Oh, all right. Then screw it. Well, there we go. We have an extra one that I didn't think of. I think it will eventually happen, honestly. It's just a matter of the debate that happens in the in the rest of Latang's career. Yeah, if he wins a fourth Stanley Cup and he is the lead defenseman on that cup team, then it's going to be pretty hard to say no. Pretty hard to say no. And if he wins a Norris, which is not going to happen. But if he wins a Norris, then yeah, you have to. Oh, you have one. to. <laughs> but again, probably not going to happen. Right. So let's move on to the final person we're going to talk about. And we're going to make a lot of people mad right now because we're going to talk uh, about Marc-Andre Fleury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I was... mad. I was. I can feel the hate coming. I was thinking of all the names. I just miscounted in my head. But yes, seven. So, Mark Andre Fleury. You know what? Hot take. He should be retired. Should should by not. the year. Should. I'm not putting a year into this. I am saying should, and that is my hot take. As for a year, um, how old is he now? He's 35. Holy hell! <laughs> wow, actually, um, that throws a wrench into things. By 2030, because I feel like he should be retired almost immediately. Personally. That is my hot take, and fight me if you disagree. But I think by 2030, he'll definitely be retired. I mean, I don't see him holding onto a backup position at the age of 45. I'm going with yes by 2030. Yes Um, by 2030. Yes, because it is my hot take. I'm ready for it. Your hot take was he will be, his number will be retired, should be retired immediately following his retirement. Maybe not immediately, but yes, should be retired. Soonish. Soon after. Okay. Because you didn't say that with Malkin. Well, because Malkin's such an enigma. Like, we know he's going to go on to play in Russia. So, immediately after Malkin retires in Russia, will his number be retired? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I think that's a bit more obvious than Flurry. Okay. Good. Good. Because I thought you were saying that once Malkin retires from hockey for good, there's still going to be a little while. And then you said there wouldn't be with Flurry. So, I was... My... I was getting a little (laughs) upset with that. I've also had a few extra sips of Monster since I said that. So... (laughs) I'm a little jacked now, but so you say flurry by 2030. Absolutely. We'll be okay. Absolutely. Okay. Putting, absolutely. His, putting his foot down. Hot take. <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury will absolutely be retired and hanging in the rafters. His number will be at least otherwise that'd be kind of creepy, oh, yeah. but his number <laughs> will be by 2030. I don't believe so. Ooh. Okay. Is it because there's more debate on it? Not because there's more debate on it. I mean, there is, and it's going to make it harder for people to put it up there. But I, at the end of the day, I don't think Mario Lemieux really gives a fuck. <laughs> I don't. He's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. I think we, we should all come to terms with that. We can argue about it all the live long day. Mario's the big swinging dick. If he wants it up there, it's going up there. Yeah. So, I just know that I can remember a quote from an athletic article a long time ago. I would have to dig to find it. That Mario mentioned guys like... Crosby, Malkin, yes, yes, obviously. But Tang Flurry having their numbers honored. I mean, I'd have to dig and find it, and that would be something to have to be re-brought back up to him because it was a very small one-line quote in this long story about, I think, Yager. It, that would be another thing we would have to dig back up and pick pick Lemieux's mind a little more on. I think he, he has at least mentioned it, so we know it could be in talks. Yeah, it, it's definitely in his mind. He's thought about it before, but... I haven't given my answer simply because, listen, he's 35 now. He's not going to play. He's a goaltender, especially, too. So he's not going to be playing in 2030. He's going to be done. He's going to be retired. He's going to have his nice house in Vegas or whatever, whatever, whatever. His number will also not 
be in the rafters in PPG Paints Arena. It will not happen immediately after he retires. It might happen eventually, but again, I don't know how that story ends. Right. There might be a time at the end of Marc-Andre Fleury's career where he is the backup to one of the two guys that are here now in a final season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that, that. That very well could happen. Yeah. As of right now, my opinion on it is that Marc-Andre Fleury's jersey will not be retired by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Will he be a Pittsburgh Penguins Hall of Famer? Yes. Absolutely. Will he be a Hockey Hall of Famer? Yes. Possibly, But yes. Nope, nope, it, he, he will. Yeah, see, there's he your hot will. take. Got it. Where That's is? my hot take. <laughs> he will be a Hockey Hall of Famer, if not possibly first ballot Hall of Famer for the Ooh. Hockey Hall of Fame. But will his number be retired? I've stated a couple times in this episode. Retiring your number is a lot harder than the Hockey Hall of Fame. Believe right. it or not, it is. it is a tougher class to be in. You want an example? How many Hockey Hall of Famers do the Penguins have? How many numbers have the Penguins retired? I mean, there's arguments. One of them's not even a Hockey Hall of Famer. Michelle Breer's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. True, yeah. But his number's retired by the Penguins. Yeah. I think... What the hell was I about to say? <laughs> oh, I'm off of it sometimes, but... Sorry, I iceberged you. A little bit, but that's okay, because that's the damn name of the show. <laughs> you brought up Flurry possibly coming back in a backup position. Holy hell, would this city love that and immediately beg for him to be the starter? Oh, that would be—I mean, that would be awful. Because the only reason I see him coming back to Pittsburgh and not finishing his career in Vegas is if he wants oh, that was... one last, like maybe even Vegas sucks one year and they trade him to Pittsburgh for—I don't know—a pack of bubble gum, right. just so he can play the remainder, the last season, finish out his last couple games in a Penguins uniform. Probably not going to happen. That's probably a pipe dream. But if it does happen, I guarantee you there will be people that'll say. Make him the starter, and I will sit there, and my head will explode. Exactly. Now, I remembered my question, uh, because we mostly talked about guys who made their career here. If Flurry wins a cup in Vegas, does that take away from our takes? If Flurry what? Wins a, wins a Stanley Cup with Vegas. Does that take away from our takes? Um, does because, take away from my take, because then he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, that, that for sure. <laughs> I think if he wins a cup in Vegas, I if that say he won one already, I wouldn't have had that same hot take I had earlier. I don't know why. There's something about yes, it's great that you won here, but there's something about also leading a t- leading another team to the same glory land. You know what I mean? There's something about it that kind of steps you, steps you back from your legacy in one town because now you start building your own legacy as your Somewhere career. Else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean. You remember Dominic Hasek as a Buffalo Sabre. He won a cup with Detroit, though. So, I mean, it's you get these weird situations that I think if he was to win, if he was to beat the Capitals in 2018, first of all, that'd be his third cup in a row. Then that immediately you start to think, well, now we know he's Vegas's guy for the rest of his career, probably. There is yeah. probably not that chance of him coming back here for his last shitty season there is no chance of him really going anywhere else and it's first ballot hockey hall of famer in a heartbeat but now this discussion of you know jersey retirement here it sets it back a little bit because it's like yeah you did these great things here but hey do you remember when you won in vegas the year after you left yeah remember when you also beat you know what he would have beaten the capitals shit it might be hanging there now if he would have done that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think the point we're trying his, to get across In his here, Vegas jersey, nonetheless. <laughs> oh, God. I think the point we're trying to get across here is, one, fuck the Washington Capitals, and two, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be an interesting conversation for many, many years yeah. to come. <laughs> he, he's never left the city. Uh, here, does his, ner- does his number get retired in Vegas? Oh, shit. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird question to ask because it's – I don't think uh, a three-year-old organization where at the moment you'd assume none of them will be, but Hey, if he wins a cup there, I'm going. Yes. I for mean, sure. maybe who who knows? I mean, <laughs> at the same time, if they won the cup in 18, would you say Jonathan Marcheseau's Jersey should be retired in Vegas? It's very weird circumstance. Yeah. I mean, my only thought is I think flurry is, I mean, I don't have the gold Knights cap friendly in front of me. I could look at it, but the way I looked at it as at that young of a team, Flurry was the longest standing one. He was the one that was going to be there for a little while. 
Yeah, he was definitely their futures pick. A lot of the players they picked to flip, but mm-hmm. he was definitely the guy that they were like, we're banking on you to carry us through the first five, if not possibly a little bit longer years of our franchise. So. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, I'm looking at it now, their longest contracts are held by Nate Schmidt and Shea Theodore. Yeah. One of them's going to modify no trade. And as for the forwards... Longer, th- those are longer oh, than the Mark Stone Never one? mind. No, they're not. Those one, I just... Okay. Mark Stone and William Carlson are here for ages. Yeah, I was ages. about to say, I do specifically remember Mark Stone signing for... A lot of money for a long time, yes. Yeah, so... All right, well, I mean, that that wraps up our conversation on retired jersey numbers. I'm sure we'll have it again sometime next season. But Absolutely. That is, we put a little caveat on it, though, this time. By the year 2030. So that messed up some of the answers. I We voted no for Malkin, and we voted no for Latang and Fleury, but maybe in the near distant future after 2030. So it doesn't change up the answers for sure. But before we go, I wanted to mention one last thing. There is one final week to get yourself into this contest excuse me (laughs) you have one week to get into this contest with coolhockey.com from may 1st to june 1st any jersey that you purchase through our link will automatically enter you into a draw to win a 175 dollar cool hockey gift card all you have to do is go to www.coolhockey.com slash thpn you need to grab that jersey that you know that you want and then you got to tell us on twitter what jersey you ordered so we can connect you with your purchase for a live draw that we are doing on June 6th. So that is it. Anybody who buys a jersey through our link Mm -hmm. before June 1st, which is next Monday, you will have a shot at a $175 gift card thanks to our friends at coolhockey.com. So definitely use our promo code THPAN for 30% off your jersey. One last time, that is www.coolhockey.com slash THPN. Don't forget... We now have 36 unique podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network, so tune into them because we have content coming at you from Sunday to Sunday, from Monday to Monday. I think you get the point. Every single day we have new content for you. Plus, you should follow Nick Horwat at NickHorwat41 on Twitter. You can follow me at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can follow them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. One last thing, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us. We have a couple ratings on Apple Podcasts now. We love seeing the fact that right now it is five stars only, so let's keep that trend going. That is all for this one. Every team everywhere we'll see you next week and hopefully we have a guaranteed nailed down playoff system for the 2019-20 playoffs see you guys